This is your no bullshit guide to a happier life. Quick, but not necessarily easy tips to help you to squeeze every last drop of enjoyment out of your business and your life. My name is Helen Calvert. I'm a coach, a business owner, and a parent, and I'm so happy to be here with you. I do swear occasionally, as the title suggests, so pop in your headphones if I'm not safe for little ears. Ready to go? Let's do this. Hello, welcome to this episode when we are going to be talking about facing the fear, but not any old fear, (laughs) two very specific fears that I don't think I knew I had and are related to a couple of tools in my toolkit. So this is a strange combination of open water swimming and watching what I eat. Let me elaborate a little. I'm going to start with the watching what I eat and it feels so uncomfortable to be talking about this. Even that phrase, watching what I eat, counting the calories. Oh, can't, can't bear any of that. And I want to be very clear that if any of you listening to this podcast have ever had any kind of disordered eating, then what I'm about to say is not for you and you know what you need to do with your eating and with food. I need to say that because I know I have close friends who have disordered eating and any discussion of hunger and calories and food is just supremely unhelpful. So feel free to just switch me off and we'll come back next time. With that being said, Last year, like most of us, like many of us, I had eaten my way through lockdown because there was nothing else to do, was there? So that's how we enjoyed ourselves, it's how we rewarded ourselves, and that was fine. But I got to a point where I was bigger than I wanted to be. I wanted to just come back down a dress size, I think really it was it for me. I don't weigh myself, I don't own any scales, so I couldn't tell you what I weighed, but I was a dress size over what I wanted to be. So, okay, I was already doing um, exercise. I'd started my personal training by then. And my personal trainer was very clear with me that weight loss, if that's something that you're interested in, that happens in the kitchen. It doesn't happen in the gym. So I knew that if I wanted to do that, at some point I needed to look at food. And that didn't feel safe for me for quite some time because food is a massive comfort for me. It's it's one of my main rewards to myself. And it didn't feel safe to tamper with that at all. But eventually I got to a point where I thought, right, okay, I can, yeah, I can look at this. Let's let's find out what might need to be done. Because I'd never, very privileged as a younger person, you know, I was one of those people who could eat anything. I'd never looked at my intake before. And so this was new to me. I didn't know what was a lot of calories. I didn't know what was not very many calories. If people said to me, oh, that's got 500 calories in it, that meant nothing to me. So I decided I was going to have a look at it. And I've mentioned my lovely boyfriend, Alex, many a time in my content because he has been so helpful to me with so many of these tools And he knows a bit about um, nutrition because he used to be a personal trainer. So fortunately, I had someone who I felt very safe discussing this with who was able to give me the, the lowdown, if you like. And he explained to me that we have maintenance calories, which is the amount of calories we could eat 
in any given day, which would mean that our weight didn't change. So if we eat more than our maintenance, we're going to put weight on. And if we eat fewer calories than our maintenance, we're going to lose weight. And I was like, wow, is it really that simple? <laughs> like, really? That That's all that's that it is because you know to me the diet industry had mystified food and there was surely all these types of food and blah 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 and it's like yeah I mean you need to have a good amount of fiber in your diet you need to move between the food groups and not just eat fat and sugar but basically yeah it's it's this number so he gave me this number my maintenance calories and then he gave me my target calories which was if you eat this many calories every day, you will lose weight at a steady pace, you know, in a sensible way. And you're not going to be limiting yourself in a ridiculous fashion, but you will lose weight. And for me, this was a revelation because it just seems so simple. Now, it's not going to work for everybody, which is why we have a diet industry. There are, there's nothing that works for everybody. So, which is, this is why we have lots of different um, ways of doing it. But this is what I realized was going to work for me. It just felt very manageable. So where does this fear come in? Well, so I started trying to stick to this regular calorie intake, not religiously, certainly not consistently because we're cyclical and there are times in the month when I'm going to eat more, but there's times in the month when I can handle less. So it's fine. It all evens out. And, you know, I was reassured that that would work just fine. And it has. But the fear came, it's really interesting to me, I learned that I am scared of feeling hungry and I had no idea. Now, it's a very normal thing, you know, I mean, hunger, God, that's that's terrifying to us as a species, that, that hunger will kill you, you know, um, but not in my privileged Western middle-class lifestyle, it won't. <laughs> um, I am privileged enough to have never been hungry in a way that meant that my body was suffering. When I talk about hunger, I mean that feeling that, oh, I could uh, I could put some more food into myself. <laughs> um, I could do with a little bit extra. My body's saying it wants a bit more fuel. Interesting. And I was scared of that feeling because I didn't know where it led. I had never sat with that feeling in my life. I had always gone, oh, right, OK, I'll put some more food in. So I, di I didn't know. I didn't know whether if you left it, do you just get like more and more hungry until you pass out? Would I be fainting in the middle of Tesco's? No, of course not, because that wasn't the kind of hunger I was experiencing. I was just experiencing my body's little signal saying, could we have some more fuel, please? And I was choosing to say back to it. Yeah, sure. In an hour or a couple of hours. Yeah, OK, you'll be fine till then. And the little signal would stay. And I'd be like, mm, yeah, I can still feel it. Still telling me it wants some fuel, but I'm okay. I can actually handle the fact that it wants some more fuel. And I will refuel it when I'm ready with what I consciously choose rather than just reaching for the nearest muffin. <laughs> and that was really interesting to me because it felt like that had been the missing piece of course we comfort eat. Of course we find it hard to resist the delicious food. Of course when we go to a restaurant we want to just have whatever we like and I still do have whatever I like in a restaurant. And of course we know that there's healthy foods and healthy choices and 
you know, if we want to count calories, we know what those should be. Or if we want to follow a different plan, we know what we're supposed to do. But it's still really hard. And it felt to me like, just for me and maybe other people like me, fearing the feeling of hunger and learning to sit with the discomfort of that was the missing piece. And realising that I didn't need to fear it and that I could sit with it and nothing bad would happen was actually the thing that made it possible for me to get myself to a healthier place that I'm really happy with um, and not feel like I'm following some kind of restrictive, terrible, when will this end sort of program. You know, I'm just quite happily doing what I'm doing and still enjoying cheesecake when I need it. (laughs) So I wanted to share that one with you. And it seemed to me that it went alongside, oddly enough, open water swimming. And that is because that is also facing a fear, a fear of the cold, which again, from a survival point of view, is totally understandable. We don't want to be plunging ourselves into cold water and staying in cold water. Again, that stuff will kill you. You know, Um, that's a reasonable fear to have. But again, we are now in this Western privileged lifestyle, or I am, I think most of my listeners are. And if we go open water swimming or do an ice bucket challenge or have a cold shower, we're never going to be in a position where we can't get warm again. We're always going to be in a position where there's a towel, there's a radiator, there's a car to get into, there's a cafe to go into, there's clothes to put on. We're going to be fine. Again, caveats, if you do do open water swimming, you need to know what you're doing or go to a place where someone else knows what they're doing because there is a length of time you need to be in for and you know, you do need to be mindful of of hypothermia. Of course you do. But I started going with a friend of mine, uh, swimming in Salford Keys, actually. And it was incredible. Yes, that first plunge of cold is really tough. But again, it's like, I can sit with the discomfort of that, or I can swim with the discomfort of that. And you plunge yourself into this cold water and you don't stay cold for very long. You get moving and your body regulates and you feel really comfortable. And when you get out, because you've been so cold, you are warm when you come out. You don't get out and run to a towel like, oh my God, it's so cold. You get out and just wander around in your swimming costume because you've been cold and it's not colder getting out and you feel comfortable. And then the feeling of wellness after you've done a cold water swim, oh, there is nothing like it. I really have not experienced a feeling of just, I can't say it any other way, of a feeling of wellness. I have not experienced anything like it. So the point of this episode is to talk about um, open water swimming as a tool in your toolkit. And certainly to talk about, you know, um, just keeping healthy eating very simple, um, looking at, at the numbers as, as a bit of a tool if if your intake is something you're concerned about. But it's really about not letting discomfort or fear get in the way of things that could be beneficial to us. 
So really, those are just two examples of things that have been really beneficial to me that fear could have got in the way or a fear of discomfort could have got in the way. And learning to sit with that and overcome it is really empowering and so helpful. And it means that I have that now in other areas of my life when something feels uncomfortable, uncomfortable to the point that I don't think I could do that. It's like, maybe, maybe that maybe you're right to feel uncomfortable about that, but actually let's give it a go because I bet you can. I bet you can overcome that discomfort and then get some real benefits from it. So how do those things contribute to a happier life? Well, um, eating in a healthier way has certainly contributed to my energy levels, my digestion. Um, I think keeping my mood steadier and it has got me to drop that dress size I wanted to drop. So that's great. Open water swimming has contributed to a happier life by, yeah, by a feeling of incredible wellness whenever I've done it. (laughs) Um, An incredible feeling of health, all the good stuff you get from exercise, all the endorphins, um, just the exercise itself. It's good for you. Um, And it has helped me to sit with some discomfort the bullshit elements? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you're going to be hungry and cold. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, you can't always eat the chocolate that you would normally reach for. Um, and you are going to have to take that first plunge into cold water. You know, that those things are going to happen. But for me, they've been worth it with all of these things. If there's a tool that I'm advocating that you just think, wow, just how much I would hate that means it's not worth it. Don't do it. But for me, it has certainly been worth it. So a a little bit of an odd one there, a little bit of an odd episode, bringing a couple of different things together. But I guess the, the takeaway I want you to have from this one is don't let something feeling uncomfortable mean that you don't do it. We will end on our mindset block alert discomfort is not necessarily a reason to avoid something. It might be. It might be a very good reason to avoid something. But when you next catch yourself thinking, oh, that will be horribly uncomfortable, just give that feeling a little bit of an explore and just see if maybe that's discomfort that it's worth trying to overcome because that opens up a lot more of life and some new achievements, if we can do that. So until next time, be excessively kind to yourself, whatever it is you are trying to do and whatever discomfort you are trying to sit with. And hopefully that will help you to squeeze every last drop of enjoyment out of life. Speak to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. It's great to have you along for the ride. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are up. If you identified a mindset block during the episode and would like to work with me one-to-one, you can find out how in the show notes. See you next time.